Hello, friends. How's it going? Yes, I've got a cold. It's been a while. Months, in fact. But yeah, here it is. I did think about not recording this because I've got a cold. But, you know, the show must go on. And I've got quite a backlog of these things to get out of the door, really, these days. So I thought I'd get on with it. I'm putting it down to a pretty breakneck schedule over the last uh, few weeks, actually. Which you'll know if you've been following my Insta. I was in France last week for a couple of days, which was really good fun. I was invited over there by my friends at Vero to go and spend a couple of days at the Quick Pro France. Uh, fun times, got a few waves, ticked off a few podcast interviews, hung out with some good friends. And yeah, the interviews went well. I scored Neil McNabb. A lot of people have been asking for Neil. So yeah, that one's done. Todd Richards, serendipitously. And what a what a absolute hero he was I'm pleased to to say really and then I did an epic two-parter with industry legend Dave Mailman now that one is going to definitely go into the uh the archives is one of my favorite ever episodes a double header I think it's going to be it's emotional and not just because uh I thought we'd lost the second half of it um just after we'd finished it and we knew it was really good but you know thankfully I wasn't defeated by technology on that one and then the week before as you'll know if you follow me, like I say, on Insta, I headed over to Strand Hill in Sligo in Ireland for a few days. Now, I was invited over by the lovely Aoife Porter of Boer Marketing, who asked me to go and give a talk at the Swell Sligo event she was running. Really enjoyed that, so big thanks for the invite there. Never really done much uh, much of this kind of, you know, do lectures, TED talky bollocks, but I thought I'd give it a go. I spoke about my life and career in action sports and how I've spent 20 years telling stories as authentically and honestly as possible. And uh, yeah, it seems to go really well. So you never know, TED talk, here we come, eh? And then I stayed on for a couple of days because the swell looked good and I was there with a few mates. And uh, yeah, so I could record a couple of podcasts for the show. And that includes this brilliant episode with local bodyboarder and all-round legend, Seamus Shambles McGoldrick. Now Shambles, if I may say, is one of the loveliest and most interesting people I've met for quite some time. Yeah, he's a local bodyboarding legend, renowned for slinging himself down all manner of ugly, evil-looking slabs on the west coast of Ireland. But he's also warm, generous, and a huge reason why myself and my little band of mates had such a brilliant time over in Strandhill. If he wasn't lending us boards, and generally being a legend, he was plugging us into local community and being the best and most welcoming guide you could hope for. So naturally, we did a podcast, and I'm going to say it's one of the most enjoyable chats I've had on the pod for quite some time. Shambles, it's fair to say, is an original thinker with a quicksilver mind, one that leaps between surfing, Irish folklore, music, poetry, and more within one conversation, and often, as you're going to discover, within one sentence. I hope you're going to agree after listening to this that Shambles truly is attuned to the mysterious rhythms of the universe and it was an absolute pleasure being hanging out with him for a few days and witnessing uh, that alchemy in action, let's say. Now, a couple of things to say about this one. Firstly, we recorded it on the balcony of our apartment in Strand Hill while the surf was absolutely cranking. So you can hear that as a nice uh, background accompaniment. Secondly, I couldn't get Shambles to speak directly into the mic for love nor money. No, I mean, I must have spent half this interview signalling, doing the put your mouth closer to mic signal. Um, so there are some fluctuations in volume in this one. But, you know, I like to think they just add to the general ambience of what is a very atmospheric episode. 
Thirdly, this one does contain the most matter-of-fact description of a gruesome wipeout at Riley's you're ever likely to hear or want to hear. There are some details in here that are going to put you off your dinner. But ultimately, it's an uplifting tale of how Shambles, faced with one of the heaviest situations anybody could experience, chose to focus on the light and came through this uh, hellish experience all the better for it. Now, we close the thing out with Shambles playing me some music accompanied by the the heaving Atlantic in the background. So yeah, it's a lovely, lovely episode, this one. Really enjoyed my time in Strand Hill, and the episode is a fitting record of the whole week. So yeah, here it is, my conversation with Seamus Shambles McGoldrick, Mysterious Currents. Enjoy. Right, we're on. How you doing? I'm good, Matt. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. We finally, uh, we finally pinned it down. We've had a nice few days, kind of bowling around the strand, haven't we? You sure have. You just got a few few waves there this evening. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. Yeah, we. Um, so we served yesterday. Me and our friend Owen. Legend. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was tiny really. And then we got in this afternoon, and it was pretty. Yeah, it was got bigger it's good yeah, you got a good one yeah it was good man it's good i got a few floggings got a few good ones yeah and what well, i went missioning and got nothing <laughs> you and i should have just served here with you guys yeah yeah no it was uh it was good we'll, we'll serve tomorrow right yeah yeah so how's it going are you good I, i'm good yeah we've had an interesting event uh my friend Eva, Eva porter um had her swell event in strand hill and yeah. um it was to put together we have a hashtag strand hill moments campaign which yeah, is which you're part of aren't you well, it was actually my friend, Alan Mulroney, who's a really good friend of mine, who, who I am. Um, he's my next-door neighbor, actually, here in Strand Hill, where I grew up. So Alan does Shore Shots, right? He's done Shore Shots Irish Film Festival, which has just been a huge success for the last four years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, you like, guys all seem like you've got a real solid community here, where like everybody is helping each other. There's loads of interesting projects going on. Um, and yeah, it's like quite linked, and you know, you're like super proactive. Is that is that kind of what goes on? Well, it's like you know, Strand Hill is a kind of a really cool surf town, and there's a lot of surfers and non-surfers living here, um, people of all different descriptions and backgrounds and stuff. And they just pull together and they create loads of things. Like Alan Mulroney, for example, again, he's been part of so many initiatives here in Strand Hill uh, behind the scenes. He did did Here's one for Owen's bringing his oh, tea. Yeah, legend. See, Cheers, even assistant and everything. Yeah, bring this tea. Cheers, man. That's my cup. Oh, that's your cup. Sorry, you've got the flowery cup. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'll have the plain one. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So, um, everybody's keeping pretty busy by the sounds of it. Yeah. Well, Alan, when um, when when Barry Modders had actually rocked up to Strand Hill, um, he just rocked up here to one of the surf hostels and took one look at the waves and just said, like, I'm going to stay here. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I literally grew up beside Alan Mulrooney. Um, so I would go out to my back garden and like kick my football over my wall oh, to his did. house. Right, so you and boys. So he would like jump in and play football, and then like you know I got into bodyboard and he got into surfing and we're like screw the football and we're just down the beach all the time. Right, okay, so you grew up together. Uh, we just grew up here on the beach and surfing together, and then when Barry came over, at uh, that time you know people were kind of leaving school, starting to go to college, starting to have bigger ideas. Yeah. Um, and basically there was the times of the tsunamis. Okay. In Indo. Two thousand five. Um, yeah, two thousand one was what was. Uh, or anyways, like I think it was 2001 that they were active with this. Um, but basically, um, they'd been to Indo loads of times together. Barry right. had done loads of trips out there, and they wanted to give back. 
right. and they did the SIRF, which was the Strandhill Indonesian Relief Fund. Oh, really? And I didn't know about that. gathered the cream of the, the, the crop when it came to men, Strandhill men. Yeah, uh, it's a fine crop. There is I've a been meeting yeah, a lot of them yeah, last few called days. called Hill, actually. <laughs> man Two, Hill. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. But um, basically, we, they had a man auction. Right. And so we Were got a catwalk. We went up to the local golf club. There's hundreds of people there. <laughs> Brilliant. Many women. <laughs> right, right. With big fat wallets of cash. Were you, were you in the reserve? Were you yeah, well, I was on my shorty on the night. Right. Know, and um, and how would you I do? Probably got 60 bucks, 120 bucks. I yeah, don't yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, brilliant. That's a tough idea, though, isn't it? Uh, but the electricians and stuff, and they'd be going for high money because the women have them into the kitchen fix and stuff. And yeah. You know, it, was, it, but it raised a lot of money, and it built three schools out in Indonesia. Wow. And they did, did another few events and raised a little more money. Just hit the local people in the pubs and Strandhill. Uh, the businesses all that lending a hand just going oh yeah that's a good cause let's do yeah. it and then yeah schools got built there's actually in, in the pub over here at the beach of Strandbar which is owned by three local surfers right is uh, they have a plaque from the Indonesians uh, right. saying thanks like very much uh, to Strand Hill for helping us build these schools and rebuild their communities after well I couldn't imagine what it's like a tsunami hitting your yeah village, yeah you know? well it was fucking carnage wasn't it I mean it was really interesting the event today wasn't it because one of the things that we were, I mean I was speaking at it and one of the things that we were talking about was was how you manage it in a town like Strand Hill isn't it you know and that was that was you know as, yeah. as, as a blow-in who's just in for a mm -hmm. couple of days I was really you know the thing that I've kind of really noticed that's that's the sort of balancing act that you guys have got isn't it because you've got an amazing place here I mean we're, we're well the, the west of Ireland is a really vibrant and happening place like even from the Iron Islands right up to Donegal um, and I mean I think surfing has kind of showed that to a lot of people yeah and um, I mean Ireland's actually underpopulated so we could do about another couple million people here really basically and um, but there's not the infrastructure still a bit old world um, yeah. and it's particularly in the west when maybe the booms and all these economic times of uh, plenty were around that a lot of places got skipped by yeah uh, and surfing brought a lot of these places through um but now like with, with tourism and with um small smes and small startups and we had a swell summit here also organized by Eva porter yeah with a surf summit based on the web summit idea which was a, a dublin guy uh, patty um came up with that right and um you know there's just with the surf community with the with the film community skate community all these different communities coming together i think that's one of the, one of the buzzwords from today's event was, yeah, was communities um and you spoke a, a good extensively about communities and yeah, authentic no, it was, ones you it know? was um yeah it was really really great event to be part of yeah and it, you know you've got you've got to look after it, haven't you because you know we're looking at, i mean let's be honest it's, it's cranking right now mm -hmm. and um yeah, you know, it's a it's a resource. Obviously, it's really really clear that everyone's like really hyper aware that like yeah, you want to attract tourists and you want to you want to grow the, the the tourism industry, but you've got to just be careful what you wish for a yeah. little bit, haven't you? You know. Well, exactly. Well, here at Strandhill Beach, we've lost ten meters of sand in ten years. Yeah. And, and most of that was during the really hectic, stormy um, 2014, 2015, I think were extremely big big swells yeah. every every winter. A lot of big swells maybe over 10 foot twice a week right. for six weeks straight. You know, it's like so that pummeled. eats a lot of, yeah. of land. I mean, I, I remember being up in Eastkey after th this one particular big storm that was you know, taking stones over the, the walls here in, on the beach in Strand Hill and bringing it into the car park. Yeah. And the waves were crashing into the car park um, where I went down to a spot where, which I would check and it has a little, <coughs> you know, a little single lane kind of grass in the middle um, type of vibe. And you went down and you could just get into the bottom and there's a little square area what well, it was just kind of hard sand yeah and like you know bits of walls and it was like you know it just kind of like went down to the sea then and you could turn 
and then I went back like whatever a couple of weeks later after this big swell and right. went to check this wave and it was just the road just stopped really <laughs> at the wow. end and that whole turning around place was just gone right right yeah. and we went up the I can't pronounce it the mountain we went up yesterday oh Knocknery yeah, yeah. And, that, and again like how many people do you reckon are going up there every every year a lot yeah, it's attracted a lot of visitors and you know it's a national monument and there's kind of um, you know, we need to protect all these kind of structures like that. You know, but you yeah. can't walk all over the pyramids anymore. So, it, wait, um, and it's a did, a megalithic tomb. Yeah, it's is? a megalithic tomb. Was built by the Neolithic uh, people who lived in Ireland. Yeah, and uh, there's a wave of Neolithic building like around that time. Um, and there's a lot, a lot we know, but there's a lot we don't know about these monuments. And that's the, the largest unopened Neolithic tomb in Ireland that's thought to conceal, conceal a passage tomb. Yeah. So um, and it's never been excavated. Right. So it's kind of should be left alone. Like. Yeah, yeah. And one of the key kind of things, prominent attractions of this area that's attracting people here, right? Yeah. Well, what's really cool, it's is a surf town, and it's part of the Kalura Peninsula, which is uh, you know ocean on three sides. There's Atlantic Ocean, Sligo Bay, and then you have Balsterry Bay. Um, basically. It's also a place of really fantastic history because of that. It's, it's on a peninsula. At the centre of that peninsula is the Caramore Tombs, which are the largest coastal megalithic cemetery in Ireland. Right. Uh, and like a significant piece of the puzzle when it comes to tracing the Neolithic people and what they did. What was that one? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely lining up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so, no one out. There's no yeah, one going like out. Yeah, it's like a surf town <laughs> and it's like Stonehenge in your backyard. And yeah. It's a bit like all these kind of cool things going on. Like Have you always had an interest in it? And all this not really i mean i mean i was just interested in surfing right I was just stone matter at bodyboarding and i want to know everything about that and so i was i was living in leitrim and um this french couple i was living with were out and about you know visiting you know sacred sites even just up there in the middle of leitrim there's so many mythological features in the landscape right places to go and visit and neat little tombs and i don't know what and they had all these books on folklore and history so i kind of started leafing through them going sure i don't really know any of this kind of stuff right uh, I knew a lot about like Greek and Roman myths, and I knew all that kind of story. But I, uh, I was very interested in it. Didn't know it was on your doorstep. But whenever I looked at um, Irish mythology, I couldn't really make head or tail of it. Like, right. You know, even though I'm from here, but it was always so confusing. And then, uh, but I suppose then you just learn a bit more about it. And yeah. I still don't have a clue what it's about, but it's really interesting. Well, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, and you've got Yates like strongly associated with this area as well, right? Yeah, yeah. WB Yates was like he won the Nobel Prize and all this kind of thing. Um, one of the greatest English language poets of all time. Yeah. And he came here on holidays and this was Sligo was like his muse. So like yeah. that's what pretty much made him a, a great poet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well he um, tapped into the, those mythologies, didn't he? And he yeah, uh, he loved all that. Like, you know, up in Ben Bulbin there's like there's like a little place that, that was the fairy's door where all the host of fairies come out at night and yeah. he would have went around and talked to all these servants and all these people from the west of Ireland who had all these kind of stories. Yeah. So you have to understand the history of Ireland and, and the types of invasions that happened all the people in the four provinces have been kind of from different places so there's like the vikings there's the spanish there's the europeans and then there's just in and the west is kind of people from everywhere because ireland used to be the center of europe uh, when the, the ships would have been you know maritime right and sailing would have been the mode of transport um because you had to sail from the mediterranean up to england or to brussels and you have to go in the english channel and ireland was kind of like that yeah and right outside Galway, there's like a little blank spot like where the it's just kind of a calm area where all the sailors would have used so it would have been an easy place to stop right right so the they haven't really figured out with the dna in the west of ireland where it all kind of comes from right and came from everywhere yeah so you grew up surfing and bodyboarding there so what you know i, what I, I never started surfing until i was about 25 all oh, right so you always bodyboarded from from yeah. you, you you chose bodyboarding yeah. yeah yeah i mean i just like i mean uh i had nothing against surfing i just didn't try it really at all until i was 
yeah, about 25. So what got you into bodyboarding? What was it that, that um, you know, Well, as actually, a, here as we're, as we're a, at your, your place in, in Strandhill. You're renting a nice apartment overlooking the sea. And um, this house used to belong to, the site used to have a house on it that belonged to um, a local family, um, Mary McDermott and John McDermott. And they lived here with their, their children. And two, the two sons surfed. One of them, one of them was a, a bodyboarder, the older guy, and the younger guy was a surfer. Right. And um, basically, they were my childminders. My parents both worked full time. and. So when I finished school, I'd come down here for a couple of hours. So they would come collect me, and then I would do my homework, or whatever. But I would also watch all their surfing videos. Right. I watch films like Litmus, all these surfing movies. Yeah. And then there's these underground tapes, these Aussie hardcore kind of bodyboard movies. So it was kind of like jackass tapes as well, because they were just driving cars around car parks and jumping off roofs and yeah, yeah. You know, surfing Shark Island and YMA Shorebrick and this kind of stuff. Yeah. And being real dorky and like low budget. Yeah. Because some of the surfing movies were quite there's quite a lot of production with them and stuff and uh, like you know the music and all that kind of stuff was really exciting and uh, I just went you just, you to just my mum and dad I want a bodyboard for Christmas right. and that was it yeah. so it's like a bit of a glimpse into a, another world yeah but like, I, because I, bodyboarding I media was hard to access in Ireland yeah. uh, in the mid to late 90s I mean there was Car Magazine there was 360 Magazine uh, kept things going a little bit but um, I always grew up with surf media I always loved reading about the history of surfing about Hawaii about the stories of this guy's you know the shoreport revolution you know all the early Hawaiian pioneers and all that kind of stuff. It was interested in the history of surfing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think choosing a bodyboard to, to start my journey in surfing and wave riding was a really good idea because uh, it turned out the waves in Ireland and Sligo were really, really good for bodyboarding. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, what was the scene like when you were a kid? You know, when you got it was that. All time. It was absolutely when you, all you know, time. You got that bodyboard and you were like, well, right, was, I'm going to get stuck here. Well, all like. my friends just started doing it. Right. It was me and my, my buddy Andy Cofeather, who's now like. You know, he's a longboard champ. He's a bodyboard champ. He rides a shortboard. Yeah. Um, he'll kill a supper if he sees him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <in the> water. <laughs> um, but um, he's the guy in the bodyboard I looked up to when I was a kid. Right. And there's two older guys, Shane Meehan and Ross McDermott. Yeah. Uh, Shane, guys. he's just opened the restaurant. Eh? He's opened Stoke Restaurant yeah, in yeah. Channel because he's actually an amazing chef. Yeah. And he was always trying to combine combine his passion for surfing with his passion for food. And right. Finally got a restaurant right here at Strandhill on the beach. And yeah, yeah, great spot. Putting food out from all the surf trips he's done yeah. around the world. So um, so you had that community here, you had these people that you could look up to. Well, those, those three or four guys, and they were like going places, and they were, you know, doing competitions and going to the Europeans. And th- But there was a 15 or 16 other just young boys and girls, different age groups, different backgrounds, all hanging out bodyboarding, those big shore breaks. The beach here has quite changed quite a bit, bit in the last 10 or 15 years. Right. Um, but initially, it was just amazing sport and time to be in the surf and the bodyboarders all just to hang out and just go surfing. Yeah, big big troop of us. There's not as many young people in into surfing today as it was when I started in the mid '90s, which I is got, strange. I, I don't know if you can relate. I'm really that. surprised by that. Actually, yeah. that there's not. I mean, we've seen kids surfing and stuff, but considering what the waves are like, I mean, I thought that yeah, a, well, a there's something scene, in the water because really. it's not easy. It's not an easy place to learn, and it's yeah. cold, and it's this, that, and other. So. Um, yeah, and then we kind of did a few competitions, and we love the buzz around. So there's a small scene here, and when you meet surfers from other places, you know, from around your own country, it's really interesting. Um, but then we kind of started getting into like, oh, where's the ways, and like, you know, how big were the ways, and you know, how good were the ways, and then you're just kind of like, okay, let's just chase ways, and then, you know, you, the weather reports on the TV used to be your first port of call in the newspapers, yeah. and when I started, and, and then there was surf reports, the stormwater guides came out then the internet became a thing and then you know Winger came out and you could Fenmark and all these kind of models and then suddenly you know everything became accessible and then 
two years later jet skis came on the scene and right you know we're like okay so this is all yes this is kind of <laughs> going within like, like a five-year period and from this going is from like you know a three-foot beach break to like 30 foot like no outer known bombings just going all right right <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like scary <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'm guessing you got stuck in yeah yeah we got stuck in. i finally got my number at riley's when when i, I broke my leg but um right I mean, we're going to have to talk about that, aren't we? Yeah, well, that that was a kind of a big one. But, I mean, I think even up to then, I've been pretty lucky you right. know, with injuries. And um, when that happened, I kind of had to take it on the chin yeah. and kind of just go, okay, you know. Were you that philosophical about it at the time? Yeah, I think it was better to be philosophical yeah. about it, yeah. So so you were, surf, well, you were with Fergal, Mickey Smith, is that right? Yeah, and uh, bad, bad Leroy Brown. Um, right. My mate Leroy was um, staying, staying with us, Aussie guy, really, really cool surfer, and he was just frothing on kind of the idea of surfing Riley's too, even though it was like absolutely madness, out of control. Uh, but he was still up for it, which is the kind of, they're the kind of people you meet here. Yeah. Um, like specifically Australians and Cornish people. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've The biggest influence on my wave riding, um, even, yeah. Because of, of the mindset? Cause of the uh, just the characters you meet. I mean, I yeah. suppose just... I don't know what controls these things, but that's just the way it turned out for me, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And um, particularly Australians, yeah, they're pretty hardcore. They like, they like their body waters are kind of in, like meeting Aussie body waters. Yeah. And uh, meeting body waters from anywhere. They're right. Just, they're just kind of a bit serious about it because they wanted, you know, some serious action. You know, they, they were up for it, like you know, and they were like some of these guys weren't even athletes or anything. They were just loved it and wanted wanted just, a part of it. Just you know? up for it. Just up for slinging yeah. himself down anything. Yeah, like some of the Aussie guys were crazy. They were just like really cool, really laid back, just cruise around. Like they weren't doing any stretching or anything or any like diet <laughs> programs. You yeah, know? yeah. And then like as soon as the wave turns on, they were just like, all right, let's out fun. there. Let's and then it. they were just, you know, on the body wars, they were, they were really doing a really good job, you know? Right. And um, I was lucky to surf uh, on the body wars with a lot of really cool, talented people like, you know, Thomas Robson, Pierre-Louis Costes. I surfed with him when he was very young and he came to Ireland. Um, and we saw a lot of videos. So, I mean you know wave riding in general is just so exciting but you do have to put a lot of effort into it i suppose looking back now we looked at a lot of videos and broke it down and i suppose did fantasize about about a lot and just you know made it happen so like going back to that initial period of the, the first one went down to claire was with um, my friend andy and tom gillespie and fintan gillespie and um like you know basically just camped in the field and <laughs> went surfing and then we thought we were at a place called Bumbloids. Right. Um, <clears throat> and we paddled to it. Like, I was like, that's Bumbloids over there. Let's go. <clears throat> we paddled up the coast. And we had these people on the cliffs trying to wave at us, trying to, like, tell us to paddle in and stuff. Right. Probably just passers by. Thought we were crazy. And uh, surfed there. And then kind of got, no, this isn't Bumbloids. Right. And we went on over the road a little bit and bumped into Dan and uh, Dan Skorowski and Jack Johns in a tent camping in front of Bumbloids. Right. It's a very fickle wave. And then it was like, good for like three days straight I right mean, like there's dolphins there and it was just epic just the four of us you know yeah yeah six of us yeah right so you're at riley's with with this crew with uh you said leroy right when yeah you yeah well that that day was we were going out for kind of an alien soil and i'd it was very very strange because uh, i met peter conway it was his birthday and um like i'm really really good friends with peter it was um and i made sure i was driving down at night to surf the next day uh but i made sure to arrived at Lahinji he lived in Milltown Mabby they're all out having pints for his birthday and went in I wished him a happy birthday I had one pint with them I kind of sat down I was ready to leave 
and he was saying, you know, have one more pint, one more pint, and um, <laughs> you know, I'm often I'm I've a rubber arm sometimes, <laughs> you know, like we all have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was quite like, Especially I was like, no, there. no, and I really, really actually wanted to stay because it was his birthday. And yeah. La la la. la. Um, but I stuck to my guns and I left. Right. <laughs> you know? made the right decision. Thinking I was just made, oh, yeah. Yeah, Which feeling is good. kind of a funny thing, way to look at it because yeah, you know, yeah. I really wish I stayed for like 10 more pints with him. Yeah. But um, Different outcome if you'd have done that. Yeah, and then I, I stayed in his house and left the next morning and I looked at a wave that I thought it might, might be good. Yeah. And um, I wanted something bigger and better. So, or bigger anyways. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was on the phone to Matt and I was on the phone to a few people about Riley's. I just went straight down there and kind of just went straight out there. To, ta- and, to, um, to tell me about Riley's as a wave then. Like, what, what's it like? I've never, really, I've never seen it. I've seen the pictures, but I, I don't even know where yeah, it is, really. It, well, it's just an amazing place. I've, I've spoke about it um, a few times, but it's, um, you know, it, to me, it just reminds me of Mickey. And yeah. that time, that time um, we spent together, uh, kind of before it all really took off as well. Um, you know, surfers like that. Um, but just those really early days when it initially happened was just so good. Um, it's hard to describe. Just, it was just really pure and really good. Unique and time. Yeah, I, I just, I feel really lucky to be part of it. Me and Tom Gillespie and Ferg, and you know, there's a few others and Mickey and T- Finton, and you know, it was pretty cool. Just a really cool time. And like, we, you know, it's kind of where it's like Mickey wasn't doing it for the fame or the money. Yeah. You know, even though he became like. You know, famous from it. Um, it's kind of like not even a perk of the job, but like a curse of the job, because uh, it was the only way we could do it. Like you know, uh, was to go to the, the way it happened. But uh, you know, we just wanted to do it. We knew it could be done. Yeah. And um, I think when Mickey came over here, he just goes, like people from Ireland were like, okay, well, there's Spanish Point, and there's you know, there's a wave there, and there's a wave there. He arrived over, so we didn't know what the waves were, uh, but he was like, there's got to be amazing waves here, and he was right. You know, yeah, uh, and he found them. He found aliens. He found Riley's. Um, just and not just like by accident. He he put the time in. He yeah, walked yeah. the coast. He, he spent months and years here just yeah. living it out. With, you know, not being to his name, just to get a few photographs of his friends having the best time of their life. I, I couldn't believe that. Like the ways he found were so good. And he, I would I would have preferred him a lot of time just to be out bodyboarding with us. Yeah, uh, we all you know everyone's got that thing. I want to get that photo and stuff. But sure. Um, he just imparted a special meaning for Riley's for me and um, you know exceptionally dangerous place you know but it's just when it was discovered my wave riding was at a point where it was just like this is like paradise you know what I mean right uh, and the bigger it gets the more severe it gets like every foot like two three four foot it's a different wave you know two foot is really well fun three foot it's even more fun four foot it gets more and more fun but just every foot is just you know, it's a lot different forward foot to six foot, and then yeah. over six foot, like we're talking madness. You know? Right. So, what? How big was it this day? It was like six to ten foot. Okay. So madness territory. Yeah, like um, <laughs> we all I paddled out, and the session was kind of over. It wasn't really happening, and uh, it was basically a massive catch up. I just jumped in the ocean. I just looked at the waves. I was like, "Whoa, it's not really, it's really dangerous today." And we just kind of hung in the channel. I was like, had seen Mickey and ages. So I w- went over, gave him a big hug, had a good chat with him. Went over and talked to Ferg because he had just done that thing with the Green Party. Yeah. Had a big chat with him. I was chatting with the Leroy for a while, and I, I just kind of went for one little wave and got got a kind of a barrel on it and came out. And I turned to go in because the session was over. Um, made a little check turn to just kind of ride the white water in, but then the current was kind of coming out like a river, and I couldn't. Um, the white water was push. I was trying to ride the white water in, but the rip pulled me back out. 
basically and I had to swim paddle back out and then um, I was chatting to Leroy he told me a really funny story about a girl he met in a bus in Galway <laughs> and um, I was listening to this pretty funny story and um, just looked around saw a wave I thought it was a bomb just put my head down and went for it and right. then, yeah broke my leg so what happened? Uh, I just kind of got into it and I just once I was kind of going for it I was like oh actually this is kind of the biggest wave I've ever paddled at Riley's right and um uh, so I just, and then I didn't really make the drop very well, which is like all a bit hectic. But I made it into the bar with this big, massive view, and water was all pretty. But I was like, I had a really, really bad feeling about it. I had right. a really, really bad feeling. Um, and then just kind of fell. And it happened very quickly, but like I fell, and then I went up. I kept going up, 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 up. And I was just like, oh no. And then it's because I'm going to go up and over and like land on my head. So I kind of was like, right don't land on your head I kind of flipped around on the way down and landed like feet first right and then I just uh, there was a big white flash and I just I don't know got washed around could feel something hitting me like over and over and over and over and, over, and it was my leg right what hitting your back yeah it hit my back hit my ribs hit, hit my shoulder right my neck, so, hit so, my so you other leg you know I thought it was a seal or something or a piece of log or something <laughs> I, I, I was really confused actually, sure right um, because I would hit my head so hard off the ground right um, I, I, I've hit the reef a number of times and cracked my head on the reef a number, a number, a number of times, countless times <laughs> right. in Ireland surfing these slabs uh, with the tides and with all the rips and with the changing conditions and, and not being like super good all the time. Um, but basically, I'd never hit my head off anything that hard right. before. And then, uh, so when I got up, I was just like, I checked my head, put my hands around my head. I was like, I looked around and I was like breathe out I was like oh phew, I'm okay like, you know? right. I was like oh, thank god so I didn't know I didn't know I had broke my leg right so you broke your femur snapped my femur right yeah. snapped it in half basically yeah my right one right and you're right my femur thankfully yeah. yeah not the head which is where you start getting like proper serious yeah, trouble yeah I was really it? really lucky really lucky yeah. well yeah so um, the boys got you in yeah yeah so I kind of well I just, after the wipeout I kind of stood up but I still had one leg and I was like, kind of a bit confused again. And then and my foot popped up in front of me. Oh, and then the next man. wave, just just as my <laughs> foot popped up, the next wave hit me. And I kind of was like underwater, going, "Oh, I think I've like fractured my." And I was like, "That's what's hitting me in the back of the head. It's my foot, you know." <laughs> oh man! And then I was like, "Oh shit, it's my foot." <laughs> right. So you must have obviously been in a, in shock to not. Didn't feel anything initially. Yeah, because because you've not mentioned pain yet, so. Yeah, well, the pain kind of came later, like, you know, right. an hour later when I was in the hospital and, you know, I had 12 days then, like, we're, yeah. you know, night and day, like, you know, but a lot of drugs, like, you yeah, know, a lot sure. of morphine, a lot of stuff of that, you know, yeah. and then there's, like, the months of recovery afterwards and, you know, I still feel a little bit today, Yeah, but it's, um, you know, yeah, the pain wasn't there initially because I actually went like that, I was like, well, I always wondered, like, what would happen if I, say, broke my arm out in the water, what must hurt, like, hell, Yeah, uh, but I was actually, I started swimming in. Right. <laughs> what, 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 right, okay, so you after, thought... After, I, uh, after the next wipe, I'll see what happened was I came to the surface and, like, yeah, I just realised just as I went under and then my leash snapped. Right. So I was underwater going, all right, I've snapped my leg, I really better go in. Okay, my leash has just snapped. And that was really funny because I, I, when I surfaced, I, I was looking for my board and I started swimming after my board and I was like, okay, I'm actually able to swim uh, a little bit. So I was look, chasing my board and then again, another wave hit me and I was body surfing in and um, I kind of was like swimming in, crawling in, sort of getting in. But if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't looked, snapped my leash and looked around at my board, 
I could have just kind of floated there for a little while longer. The next wave would have hit me and pushed me over towards the gully. Then the next wave would have hit me and pushed me over towards, towards the gully. If I went into the gully, I would have drowned. Right. Like, simple as that. No doubt. Because that day was really hectic. And, you know, even when you're, like, in ankle-deep water, a wave, a second come in and just sweep you off your feet. It's real sure. slippy. And it all goes into that gully. And you don't want to be over there with that right-hander hitting you. It's kind of like Chopu or something. It's just like this nuclear yeah. zone you don't want to be in. Um, so I was just... And then when I was kind of pretty much out of the water I was just crawling out like you know on my hands and knees um, but another wave could have just came and grabbed me and pulled me back out which is kind of a bit of an ordeal if you're not like <laughs> injured you know yeah sure um, but I was sure I, you know um, because some pain was starting to kick in at this stage like, yeah. you know what I mean and then basically Ferg just grabbed me then and then I just let go right yeah and he had to drag me the rest of the way right so they went into so they'd seen what was going on did they realise what happened did they realise how well, serious it was well after I came up I just I, yeah. uh, straight away after the first wave I just signalled to the shore and yeah. then they rang a chopper so like that's how tight these guys are yeah you know Cause we, when you've someone ex- watching the whole session you know we three really experienced guys yeah because that's what no you want. one no one like broke a sweat like no one it was everyone all knew just what to do quietly yeah and yeah right it's like so I and like initially like Fergal would be like alright oh, you're hey bro we'll, we'll help you out now like you know uh, well, make you come over alright mate you know it's just like let's get you up on the rocks you know and you know, it's like yeah it'll be all good boys and they're like yeah it's gonna be sweet you know and kind of joking like we knew or everyone was like really scared like everyone was it was a really heavy situation yeah, sure. to be in uh, but we just played it really cool like you know and it was just totally the best thing to do it was awesome yeah yeah so I mean one of the things when we were talking about this in the pub last night you said you you said like, well, you know, now I think it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. No, oh, that was a joke. I know it's a joke, <laughs> but how's it changed? How's it how's it changed you? Because obviously that's a pretty serious thing to happen to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I mean, I mean, I was kind of talking about Cody. We were talking about Cody. It's yeah. something about the accident. That's that's. I was on the front of the local paper, and it was it was a really. I really got a good feeling because like uh, there's a lot of uh, messages on social media, a lot of emails, a lot of, a lot of people just reached out and said, "Are you okay?" Like, you know. Like kind of, well, kind of maybe if it was my spine, right? It could have happened. Yeah. It was it was kind of weird, and then everyone kind of reached out to you and just checked that you're okay. Yeah. And then you realize like how connected human beings are, and when you know if you lose somebody, you know that there's that human thing that kicks in. People become connected. Yeah. So you um, see, what you see your community is you see who's going to be su- your support. Basically. Yeah. Well, like I mean, a lot of th- I mean, one of the unsung heroes of Irish surfing is, is Cornishman uh, Tom Greenway. You know, um, because basically, like, you know, and he's not here anymore because he, he got knocked down by a bus, you know, and, like, I got run over by a wave, but I was I survived. And, like, you know, you, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Like, you know, we all have to go driving and this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, lightning strikes happen and, yeah. you know, who knows well, how long a, you got, you know, but... The, the, I mean, that fate is a part of life, isn't it? Yeah, well, to, but see, Tom has been very ins- inspirational to, to everyone who met him, I think, on that trip, um, and particularly Tom Lowe, who's someone I've... Enormous amount of respect for, yeah, um, and um, very popular requested guest on this podcast. Yeah, you should get him on. That'd yeah, be amazing. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I'd watch that one myself. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't really watch a podcast. So yeah, listen, can't. listen. Well, we do keep talking about filming him, but we've still not got around to it. Yeah, get yeah. him, get him. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Right. So, how long was the? Record- well, what, I just did, just to finish what I was saying about Tom Greenway was um, so basically the very first time with Anna Claire was that first time, right? Um, you know, because that kind of we do a lot of trips to Clare after the first one you know yeah, we'd, yeah. Uh, we'd go there as anytime we could like yeah. as much as possible that was the thing you gotta go get the waves 
Um, maybe it was the second time around, and Bumbloids was kind of still the spot. Yeah. And uh, I think this one, Fergal paddled out, and Tom Lowe, who I didn't know from Adam. And it's these, these three crazy Cornish guys driving around in like a Ford Cortina with like s- 10 surfboards stacked. And I was going like, who the hell are these guys? Like, right. You know, like, um, and like Tom looked like, you know, Australian with like blonde hair and complete. And like, you know, you didn't see that around, like, you know, I was kind of like, who are these guys? Um, and because you see loads of people around, you know, yeah. driving around, but th- these guys were like coming to the bodyboard spot. Yeah, sure. Uh, that we just discovered. Yeah. And uh, but then they're all like, I didn't really know who who, who was who or what was what. Uh, and then I met Tom Greenway. Probably just come up eventually after a few days driving around, not I haven't really even made any contact. We we're kind of chatting at the car, and I was like, Oh, this guy's dead. Saying all these guys are legends, you know. Um, straight away, and that was my connection in, into that group. Yeah. And um, you know, we had an amazing session. And then, like, you know, he, a week later, he, you know, I don't know how long it was, actually, but, um, you know, he passed away then. And then a lot of things have happened since he passed away. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's very funny when you look back at those small things, you know. So, um, yeah, it's good to be still here, though. And uh, But you just got to remember those people as well, you know. Yeah, sure. So how long was the recovery? I'm sure it's still ongoing, but, like... Yeah, know. it's pretty much ongoing. Um, I mean, I'm pretty pretty good now. I'm, like, you know, 99% now. Like, yeah. You know, 90 98, 99. Yeah. Like maybe I'll never be 100. Um, but, um, you know, the initial phase was what, what sealed the deal. You know, those initial, that hour we spent waiting for the um, chopper. Uh, well, I was like actually in hospital within an hour. I think I was waiting for a chopper only for about 30 minutes. Um, and, um, you know, they, like Mickey and Ferg just lay down beside me and just grabbed my hands. And then, like, you know, they got me in a comfortable position. And I just started going to, like, yoga breathing, basically, and just trying to zone out and just focus in the sky or whatever and yeah. then that was really helpful like you know they were just kept ch- chatting to me and the funniest thing was like when the helicopter came um, they dropped off this this guy he's a legend on, on, on the winch and um, he kind of came up and told everyone what to do and got everything ready uh, like you know he told us to hold down all the surfboards and put everything away because the, when, the, when the chopper came in the blades yeah. would really you know the yeah, you, don't want, you don't want flying surfboards yeah. around yeah and uh, so everyone went ready and I was like yeah ready and then like the chopper came in and everyone was kind of being real s- serious and you know on it and then um well, as the chopper got closer i was like it got really windy and then i could but i could feel my legs start to like flutter in the breeze oh <laughs> man <laughs> and uh, i kind of in a really weak voice had to kind of go to someone and i was like could someone hold my leg right. please and then oh. someone just looked around and went oh shit and like grabbed my leg and stopped it from like blowing away like wow. you know just yeah. when the chopper got really strong came under us so I was like oh thank god yeah <laughs> what a surreal experience to live through do you, do you did you it's, I can't try to work out how to phrase the question how aware of what was going on were you you know what I mean were pretty you, aware like, yeah, yeah so you did so you you were like you were completely conscious throughout the whole yeah, thing yeah I just felt like a bit of an outer body experience you know what I mean that's it what I mean like it was because um, at some at some level you must be like wow yeah. this is actually happening to me yeah I kind of had a yeah well I had a, I had a spiritual experience then in the in the in the hospital afterwards right like shortly after that accident happened right uh, or maybe like you know it was like a surge of adrenaline from your central nervous system or from your what do you call it the hypothalamus or some you know some shock of adrenaline like you know maybe there's tons of different ways you can explain these, sure. these things, but it yeah. was, uh, yeah, because I was, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty weird. It was pretty heavy because uh, I thought I was going to die on the rocks. I was, I was fully, like, at one point I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Really? Uh, I fully thought I was going to die. Right. And then I, like, fully, like, was like, right, you know, okay, just chill out, though. Just take, like, enjoy the view of the last few moments or whatever. And then, um, 
Mickey did did something just made me feel feel a bit safer and calm me down. And then um, that was then it got into the chopper. Going up the chopper was like super super scary. I was that was the scariest part. Uh, and then the, so the what they put you on like a stretcher on a stretcher and, and then you and get winched into and they it. like they, pretty much those chopper guys like raised um, the guys in the helicopter risked their life to, to save my life right because uh, like you know I needed I was needed hospital attention you know big time um, and my life's in danger still even though I was out of the water yeah uh, but they like they do that every day but yeah. like in under cliffs with like massive surf and buried somewhere rocks yeah. slippy and you know, it's it's really admirable because we actually had a, a big news story there. Um, I think it was at the start of this year, where because of this um, chopper that they had, this rescue chopper, the map was slightly out of date, and there wasn't this one particular rock in the middle of the sea on it. Right. And these guys were coming back from, um, you know, rescuing some guy with the hard tag out in a trawler or something like that. Right. And they were just flying home and just flew into this rock. And no just, way. Yeah. Wow. Lost four lives, I think. Right. So that was really sad. And like, it was just a totally routine part of their day. Yeah. And um, so I, th- I thought that was kind of admirable. Um, you know, Diane, I think these guys, these people who work, work in these rescue services are, are heroes, basically. Um, that's why it's such a, lot, a big, huge time for Peter Conroy. Yeah, but sure. basically um, that was really scary and then I got into the chopper and I felt really safe right and then um, I, once I got to the hospital I got some nitrous oxide that was yeah. the first pain relief I got wow and the guy just turned around and he goes look take this mask like suck on it and just like breathe in it's going to make you happy and take all your pain away right. and I was just like awesome and I, I put it on <laughs> and it did just that and I was just like whoa this is like awesome and I was like this, hey it's not so bad having a broken leg yeah. in the hospital kind of look wave the nurses and sure yeah, they, they rattled me over the st- the stones to get into the thing pretty fast. That, w- that was kind of sore. But I was like, this stuff is brilliant. But if you stop taking it for like five or ten seconds, the pain will come back. So you right. just be like huffing on it again, huff, huff, huff. Oh, man. You know, it was really funny. It didn't last at all. It only lasted like ten seconds, so you right. had to keep going. Yeah. And it, that was pretty funny because I was feeling pretty stoned, like, you know, and you're sure. laughing. It's called laughing gas for a reason. Yeah. And uh, so I thought all of a sudden it was pretty hilarious that I'd just broken my leg. Right. <laughs> I, I, when I was a kid, I burned my foot like I dropped a kettle on it, um, and I was in a burns unit for like ten days. You know, it's like one of those things really? you do as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I bring it up because because the, the, the things you can do on pain relief. So I, they gave me a lot of morphine. I was, yeah. I was only I was only like eleven. Okay. And they found me running down the corridor, like, um, and I literally. I mean, I couldn't walk for four months wow. after I did that wow. I mean my foot swelled to like I won't go into the gory details wow, but wow, wow, wow. yeah I mean it's powerful stuff isn't it because it mm. can from a kettle uh, yeah I pulled a ke- like just a clumsy household accident like pulled a kettle yeah it could happen to anyone you, and know, it, you don't have to be served from Riley's for like something really really serious to happen but in your the, life but you it's know? incredible the, the you know like what pain relief can do like that isn't it you know yeah. like can completely like take you from yeah so that's what could have been the spiritual experience but uh, it was still pretty spiritual like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. so how long were you in hospital well the most painful the scariest part was going up in the chopper and the most painful part was when I went into the A&E and um, yeah well one thing I met this doctor who came in and she was uh, basically the doctor who was treating me as an emergency doctor right and um, so I was kind of just chilling there and um you know, I, I'm kind of a good patient because, like, my mother and my uh, my sister were nurses. Right. So, you know, you... you, you yeah, I was just like, right, just yeah. let these people do their job I and you just say. shut up and chill out. And yeah. I was like, okay. Because uh, instantly I was into kind of healing mode. I was like, you know, there's nothing I can do. I'm completely powerless in this situation. 
I mean, other people's hands, which is so vulnerable for some people, like yeah. to be cared cared for, so like be taken care of, like you know, for ten or twelve days. I like, was in critical condition, and you, you know? could just switch into that. You you were quite. I didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> sure, but it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because well, I've been in loads of situations like that, you know. So yeah, so you, you're um, good at you're good at basically like surrendering I to the situation. I would say good but yeah, that's what happened. You've you surrendered to your. You've yeah, well, like you know, I, I didn't just surrender to it because it's happened to me like dozens of times. You know, I've read lots of books. I've prepared myself. You know, I read a lot of books about these types of things. You know, yeah. like uh, or, you know, I've read Touching the Void and all those kind of mountaineering books and stuff. Sure, like that. yeah. Adventure stories of travel and adventure. So, you know, you kind of inspires you, and then whoa, if something happens to you. What are you gonna do? I'm shit so. out though. So, when it, so this is why I'm like interested in it because I've, you know, not had like anything like a serious injury as you've had, but I've, you know, I've I've hurt well, myself doing these sports, whatever. And yeah, but that was just an accident. But you know what I mean? Like, and I was a kid as well. But like, I'm well, Rise was an accident as well. Like, you know, you could compare the wave to the kettle. Like, you know what I mean? It was just there. Do you have to surf it? Yeah. Clumsy accident. You well, know? I'm, I'm, I'm bad at that. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm not good. Well, at I'm that. really bad at it too. And, <laughs> and I, so I'm just interested in because you said this last night as well. You, you said something like, you know, yeah, like you know, 10, 12 days. I was just like, okay, well, I've got to deal with this, and you know. Well, no, the hospital was 10, 12 days on heavy, heavy medication. Like, yeah, running you know, down the corridor. I would, I would have <laughs> been in my life could have been in danger for like 10 days basically. Right. Uh, which is all the surgery. See, I broke my leg, and then three days later, I had surgery. Right. And the surgery itself was like a major thing, like you know, um, a major effect on the body, had a major effect on the mind, um, you know, and to recover from that was nearly uh, as much an ordeal, you know, because of the trauma, basically. And I think, yeah, well, basically, well, when I snapped my leg, my I did the can can pretty much. I think I, I probably pulled every single muscle in my right leg. Right. Um, oh, but um, no, but yeah. So basically, I was I was with this doctor. Uh, um, I was like, they were just coming out of my wetsuit or whatever. And um, the lucky thing about that was the, because um, I'd be given, like, Billabong were really kind to me. Um, I know this guy, Francois Letts, who came over when the Molly thing was happening, the yeah. towing contest. Sure. And Eric Rebier and, and Benjamin Sanchez for the first time. I thought they were, like, really cool. And they were surfing Molly, like, amazing. Yeah. Which is really cool. And um, I met Francois afterwards, and I was pissed in the pub afterwards, <laughs> and I asked him for sponsorship. Right. And he's like, sure, yeah, no worries. And he sorted me out with loads of wetsuits. Uh, really, like, that was kind of critical those years, 2011, 12, when money started happening. And then you're going, got these really good, like, five, six mil wetsuits. Yeah. And I talked to the guys who work on the helicopter rescue crews, a local man here, John Garvey, and he talked with his colleagues about my accident quite a lot. And uh, this is the reckoning the wetsuit saved my life. Really? Because um, when I was in the A&E, the first thing they did was uh, staple my, uh, I'd f- had to have five staples in my head. Um, from when I hit my head yeah. and uh, I had a bit of a wound there I didn't even know until in the helicopter and like so people say oh you broke a leg I'm like at least I didn't fracture my skull you know that's how I look at it you know at least I didn't fracture my skull because yeah. I hit that flipping reef so hard yeah yeah um, you know um, and that was kind of that was the first thing and then I was talking to this this this, this lovely uh, doctor and um you know, I was like, oh, I was kind of surfing, and she's really interested, and she, or else she's just been really nice. But I think she was quite kind of interested, and um, but I started making conversation with her. I was like, oh, have you ever surfed? And she's like, oh, I haven't surfed now since my accident. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Or, and then, because I actually didn't notice then that she was limping, and then um, she was like, oh, yeah, I used to kayak, and I was like kayaking down this river in Dublin, and I fell out of my kayak and broke my back. And I was like, oh. Well, she goes to in the middle of nowhere, so I had to get back in my kayak and paddle down the river oh, for like another man. 40 minutes or an hour, I don't know, to get help. So I was like, fair play to you. And then you went and became a doctor, like, you know, <laughs> and now you're saving my life. I was like, that's pretty cool. 
and um, you know put things in perspective too you know yeah yeah like I had Mickey and, and Farragut and, and Leroy there to, to scoop me right up and help me out you know yeah I was there on my own I was know yeah it wouldn't have been such a happy camper it's in that hospital no you know yeah um but i was i was kind of a happy camper came in and visit me but the the thing that happened which is really strange was this woman was kind of hanging around and told me her story and i was having a wee chat with her um and it was just before they put on the thompson the splint so they used to put on a big kind of contraption in your leg when you break your femur um because when you snap the bone the muscles like contract and like you have to pull the leg apart basically yeah and um i was just kind of like having a little moment, just a little breather, just kind of taking what happened. And then I suddenly thought about my sister. And I actually lost my sister in 2010. Um, so like six years before this happened. Um, and I kind of suddenly just felt her presence and like her laughing at me basically, which was kind of funny. That's kind of how, you, you know, I think when you die, you die and that's it. But like, I just kind of knew it maybe it was like her or whatever part of the universe that was uh, laughing at me. Wow. Uh, because then I knew it was going to be all right, right? Because I knew she was kind of oh, what you done now? Like you know, you filly fool or whatever, and you know, you know kind of rubbing your hair, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, and then I just kind of was like, oh yeah, well my sister's dead. Like I was like, oh fuck, and then I just like burst out crying. Uh, I just like completely broke down in tears, um, and um, you know started basically sobbing like a baby for kind of no apparent reason, um, apart from just kind of having this weird feeling all of a sudden. And um, the doctor kind of came over and was like, oh, like, there, there, there. And um, she's always crying because of the pain. Yeah. And um, which I probably should, would have just just as well done with the pain. But, like, I was just kind of, like, you know, silent or whatever. Yeah. And um, she was asking me if I was all right. I was like, actually, something else. It's just, you know, I lost my sister and blah, blah, blah. I just got this. She's like, oh, cool. Like, and then, then they came in with this, like, massive splint. And, uh, like, they gave me an injection into my leg, like, this needle. And, um, like, I don't read my needles, but I was like, oh, what's that for? And they go, this injection's for the next injection we're going to give you. Oh and I was like, okay, God. I just looked over into the corner of the room. I was like, I don't even want to see the that's size not of the needle they're bringing in. I don't even want to. I not didn't really feel anything. And then, like, I look back, and I was like, I could knock on my leg, and it was like a piece of wood. Oh, man. You know, and I was like, deadly, this is brilliant. And then they brought in this metal thing and strapped it, like, from my heel all the way up to my arsehole. Right. And, uh, like, that was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Right. right I never want to wear that sentence. Yeah. Like, you're going to have a jab because we're going to give you another jab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wear so that. I didn't see that part of it, but, um, yeah, the next, like, that, that, and I was just like, I was like, guys, just go for it. I didn't know exactly what they were doing, but I, I was like, okay, just go for it, guys. And they, they held me down and put this thing on and but like I did it with a complete anesthetic on my leg so I can't imagine what it would have been like if I hadn't hadn't been, had like laughing gas and this crazy uh, anesthetic so um look at this how he's bringing us beers as nice well. non-alcoholic beer for me yeah, legend so wow edit out that sound nah keep it in <laughs> nah, bow in. to our, our sponsors keep it in <laughs> cheers what a story man I will bow to no sponsor but this Pepsi Cola, <laughs> gotta love that. This Heineken original taste. This Heineken Zero, <laughs> what have I turned into? Zeros for heroes. Drinking Heineken Zero, <laughs> honestly. Right. Yeah. What, what so a story. That was, and anyways, that that went on, and that was kind of the worst part, really. Like you know, and then um, I went in and like got the surgery and stuff, and then I woke up, and the nurse came in and said, "Look, I had this drip." Like, and she goes. Um, Whenever you start to feel a bit of pain, just take this button and press it. Right, is that I'm morphine? Like, oh, or something? sweet! It was like, yeah, I was like, I'm like a lot of morphine. Right. I was like, cool. And then like after ten minutes, my legs started get a little bit sore, so I just like press this button. I was like, oh, that feels so good. Like, right. You know? And it's like, 
five minutes later, I was like, oh, like, you know, it's like, the f- oh, wait a little while, and you press it. And then you, buy, like, you know, if you press it, you've got to wait, like, you know, 30 seconds or something. There's a little timer on it, or two minutes or something like that. And then, like, you know, by the end of the day, I was just, like, pressing that button, like, <laughs> yeah, pressing that button all just the time. Just, like, Morse code. Yeah, <laughs> and just, like, yeah, I'd, like, basically, like, yeah, I didn't get, like, an, I got home, and then two days later, I got a night's sleep. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, how long was the recovery after you were out? Uh, I, went, I was back surfing. That was in August. I went surfing for the first time. Um, that was in March. I broke my leg. It was just before Ben Player injured himself down in Riley's too. Right. Um, I don't know about that. What happened there? That was really interesting. That was pretty scary. And it just shows how riding waves or even making tea and boiling kettles, it's just, you know, <laughs> things can just go south so quickly. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, and basically, um, Ben was being Ben and surfed some slab was doing these like 10 foot airs. And like, which he does so well. But, um, you know, it hurts when you land. And he, he, these guys are brave men doing these 10 foot airs off these crazy ways and like sticking them and land them yeah um but he injured his he bruised his spleen or he injured his spleen and then he was walking out to riley's because riley's was pumping yeah and um he just slipped like because rocks are super slippy as we've slipped a million times yeah walking into riley's but he actually tore ruptured his spleen then right and then he like had like a couple hours to live like you know what I mean? he was dying basically from that point on and um he came down to the spot and like you know aussies are kind of like yeah i'm all right you know sweet mate sweet you know and uh, I think all his buddies were like frothing on the footage and stuff. That was hot, like with the, we were out surfing. I was kind of going like, you know, this is like a childhood dream for me. You know, we're talking about videos back in the day. Yeah. Like, like Ryan Hardy, Pierre Luc Costes, old Jeff Harbour, Tomega, Stewart, all these names. But like Ben was like, you know, one of my favorites basically. I was so stoked to be getting surf rides with him, and it was like super pumping. And like we could kind of see him on the rocks. And he's kind of sitting down. And he's like lying down, and uh, everyone's kind of ignoring him basically. And um, yeah, we just, I was like, where's Ben? Like, and then something, like, oh, he kind of hurt his back or something. So he seemed to be resting his back or whatever. Uh, but what actually what happened, I found from Barry. Barry was there with this um, this this legend, what the guy, uh, Jamie Mitchell. He, he did the the paddling to Oahu to Molokai. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's actually, he was, he was, he happened to be there anyway. Him and Barry were sat there on the rocks and they kind of went over to Ben and Barry looked down at Ben Player. Barry's got brew. He looked close to death. I've never seen anyone look so ill. Right. And um, it was really confusing because he didn't seem unwell, and then he just got slowly more and more, like, not right. Right. Um, but his mates were like, kind of filming, and then Barry was like, "Hey, brew, like, you, you know, you want to check your friend here?" And like Ben was kind of reaching out, kind of going, "Oh, like," and we didn't know what was going on, so we kind of came in, and um, it was really weird. Because everyone's kind of, kind of panicked, and we kind of rang the choppers and stuff, and it was just kind of like, you know, it's kind of a situation. But we didn't really know what was going on. Right. Like nothing, it was like nothing happened. It was really weird. Yeah. And then um, I think what we did, we rang Peter Conroy, and Peter Conroy, is this happening? Yes. Is this happening? Yes. Is this happening? Yes. Ring flipping, ring the ring the helicopter straight away. Right. You know, it could be a number of things, internal bleeding, which I'd never really thought about. Right. And um, up to that day, and then. You know, I, I didn't really. I kind of got to know Ben Player a little bit since then. I uh, met him in Hawaii. Met him a few few to play front on. Uh, he's a super super nice guy. And uh, but uh, I would have been a bit of a fan at that stage, going like, "This is like you know my bodyboarding idol, or whatever." Uh, <laughs> he was like dying in front of me. And then um, so I was kind of just sat down and talked to him because everyone was kind of busy on their phones and organizing stuff for the chopper and kind of stressing out and stuff and putting gear away or whatever. And so, but no one was kind of chatting to Ben. So I just like sat down and started talking to him. Um, and like I wasn't really making good conversation because he didn't say anything 
And I was like, oh, maybe he just like he's just taught like he's pretty wrecked or whatever. <clears throat> so I just started talking to him. I told him this story about like, oh, I grew up, you know, marrying John McDermott. I found some bodyboard videos of you and then from right. Hawaii. And yeah, yeah. Just kind of started telling him my life story because I just didn't want to stop talking once I started. Yeah. And telling him about bodyboard and whatever, just talking shy basically. Yeah, like, yeah. And I thought it was just dribble. And um, and I met him about a year later. Or I met him after we came out of hospital because he's in hospital for intensive care for quite a while. Um, met him for a pint in Olooney's um, in in Lynch. Um, and he was like, thanks, man. Like, he told me all about the story I told him. He's like, thanks for talking to me and thanks so much. And I was like, I was like, really? Because he'd been super nice about it. And I was like, it wasn't that big a deal. I was like, right. what, what are you on about? And then I read, he, re he wrote in a, a magazine or in a blog post uh, later when I was, I was checking it out how he was like pretty much dying. He was like seeing the light at that stage and he was like going down a tunnel and stuff. And he was like fully tripping out at that stage. Right. But he was listening to someone talk. Was kind of yeah, well, get, get, you gave him what Mickey gave you by sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really funny. It was really funny. And then I, w like, I don't know, that was like right on St. Patrick's Day. Or and mine was like right on St. Patrick's Day too. So around the 5th, 17th of March, 15th, 16th, 17th of March. Right. Um, and that was 2015. And mine was 2016. So like of all the things, what are the chances? But there yeah. You so you were back in, so you, so you were, did it in March, and then did it in March. Um, you went sick. surfing on a foamy in Strandhill, probably late August. Right, and like really hurt when I fell off. But the thing about it was, I didn't have a, a crutches, or I didn't have. Um, I did have crutches. I was, but I was walking like straight after surgery. Yeah. Uh, after I woke up from the surgery, the um, nurse just came and gave me a pair of crutches and says, "All right, now get up and walk to the toilet." I was like, "What?" She's like, yeah, get up. And get I like you on it straight down. My away. leg was like three times its normal size. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And like my balls had gone black. And I was like, what the fuck's going on, you know? And I was like, this is heavy. And then I was kind of walking straight away. Just started crutching around. And it was kind of sweet. Uh, if you didn't like trip over or fall or anything. Yeah. Um, I'm just taking it really easy because the, there's a titanium pin in the middle of my femur. And it screwed up my knee and my, and my hip. So that's like a really, really clever way of like fixing that injury. And I think they were, did a really good job. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, and yeah, so I was basically walking straight away and then I could surf a little bit. But like when he fell off, it was really sore. Like, so yeah. but I was trying to kind of not respect my injury and keep up with the physio and stuff. And like biggest thing probably was the healthy eating. And like when Mickey arrived, he arrived back with like a big, I think he must have went to his house. He went to the shop and he bought like all these like olives and hummus. And Mickey's, uh, he's always ate, ate really healthily. And uh, I eat like kind of healthily like, 20 or 30% of the time yeah. or like you know 60 on a good day whatever yeah. like with chocolate Same. and chips or whatever Sounds like, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but he brought me all this like super healthy food and I was like oh that's actually a really good idea and like because you know in the hospital and all that I was just like right start eating real healthy um, and then yeah I kind of kept that up with the health and the yeah. the um, you went all physio. in well I wouldn't say all in like 51% <laughs> I could have <laughs> done a lot more progress. but I could have done a lot less <laughs> yeah. and then I just kind of charged back into went surfing went bodyboarding I uh, can't remember the exact I went to my, my Alan Marooney got married then we had a stag in, in Cornwall which was like a really bad idea <laughs> that was my first trip out of the country with crutches and yeah. going to the new key fet, met Ben oh, Skinner I was, yeah. I was that they was, probably met you, you we were probably, yeah. yeah 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 I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> we met before <laughs> no well, I didn't meet you but I was I was with Ed Templey the night oh, before oh good yeah and, oh, um, and he said us, that yeah, he yeah, said yeah. He, he's yeah shambles and, um, and, and Alan are coming over yeah that was good so that's the same that's the same yeah that was the same do yeah but i survived i survived um and then just kind of yeah so we got back into it right and um i mean because there's a nice bit of you know there's a nice circular story about you got a pipeline isn't there yeah well that would that, 
you know the thing is like I don't know I've kind of got a bit of a crazy life or whatever uh, weird things happen to me all the time but um, yeah I basically surfed I got invited to Pipeline yeah I got yeah. invited to a competition in Pipeline by Mike Stewart by Mike Stewart by yeah. like my hero one of my other heroes um, and basically like yeah I met Ben Player over there I surfed him one day with like uh, Mike Stewart Ben Player uh, Glenn Tomega, Paolo Brasello uh, Jeff Hubbard which makes like five world champions and like pipe masters and stuff uh, and like which was just an honour when you're into that sport for that, that length of time and then yeah. you suddenly you're just like I remember going for one wave and like to make him over and he was just like hey man you gotta slow down you can't just turn around and go like that you gotta like really pad into the waves You're, you just fell from the top to the bottom there are you alright I was like yeah this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best moment of my life like yeah. you know but uh, you know it's weird getting those slams is kind of a bit scary as well and I, when I went to Newquay the board masters we were all pissed and we went to the um, fun fair and we got on this like ride that was swung you around and you're in this little cage and you're upside down and all that. Oh, I hate those things. And I like my crutches and all this and I'm like, going to go on this ride, you know. And uh, it was hilarious. Um, but it was kind of like, had all these like flashbacks from the accident like up there. Right. Had, like not like, I didn't really actually freak out because I was kind of having a good time at the time. And, uh, but it was like really unnerving because I'd been so careful with my body and getting in and out of bed and putting my clothes on and just being you know glass man you know just and then you're on a stag do in Newquay then I'm on a stag do in Newquay going upside <laughs> down and left to right and it was kind of like training it was like kind of a really good experience because it was kind of a simulation of a wipeout without being and you're just, I felt safe I was strapped into this machine like you know yeah. and that was kind of cool so all these little things kind of really helped the recovery and I think things things really help you up you know when you like basically like it kind of made me more aware person hopefully it maybe a kinder person or maybe kind of a more humble person or you know something yeah it flipping definitely humbled me anyways made me feel like one inch tall basically right. like um which is kind of cool like and uh, you know that's maybe that was one of the best things that happened in my life in, in one way but um in another way it definitely wasn't like it would, but it then it worked out all right and some really cool things happened out of that so then you start to figure out like you know well, what if you know what if tom Greenway hadn't been run over by, by a bus you know, you might got run over by a bus and you might be here and Tom Green would be sitting here talking about me. I met this guy Seamus one time, you know. It's like, uh, I suppose it does make you think a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so what What now then? You know, you kind of, like you said, you're 99% back to normal. I'd really like to go to back to pi- Pipeline. Yeah. That's like my new favorite wave. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. I love eh? it. It's yeah. so much fun. It was, everyone was like, you hate it. It's crowded. I was like it's Hawaii. It's sunny. There's loads of people on the beach. It's waves. It's like just like home, except about twenty degrees warmer. Yeah. And it's awesome. You know, really good food. All this like cool culture and stuff around. It's like what? What's not the love? You know about Hawaii? Um, but um, how I ended up going there was quite quite funny because um, my friend Shane, really good friend Shane, who opened this stoked restaurant. He went the year before, and um, I was so jealous. He got invited and I didn't because he was like the national champion like 15 times in Ireland or whatever right and um, I was so jealous and he was like yeah bro I'm going to Hawaii Mike's like I'm just going to go to work yeah I'm going and I think it was really last minute so it was really exciting and then um, he booked his tickets and all that and he was going and then like this news report came that the biggest swell of the flipping ever was going to hit Hawaii like you know and he had to serve pipe like you know, we're thinking about he's gonna have to sort of type 25 foot pipe, you know, and just like <laughs> try to get through this round, you know. And I was like suddenly like not jealous of him at all. Yeah, I could see the fear in his eyes. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It was funny. Yeah, but um, and then I think he must have had a bit of a chat with Mike by email then or something like that. Um, after my accident, he's just basically, look, man, Seamus has had a bit of a tough year. 
um, you know, given an invite to the pipeline competition. And then sure enough, I think it was like, I don't know if he actually emailed me or asked me. You know, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, maybe. I was like, once, for one, I couldn't not afford it. And two, I was basically like an invalid. Yeah. And um, But then we kind of had this one session at um, Mully which is interesting um, where we just paddle out and like it was so cool like everyone was like cheering and see me back in the lineup and there was flipping like Ross Clark Jones is just sitting there it's like hey Ross he's like hey it's gone mate <laughs> it's just like so cool like that, that could happen and then you'd like you know, whoever else was there all the, just these cool guys Will Scudden was there the guy from New York and like he's just a perfect example of the people you meet in these shores like you know what I mean really successful surfer loves coming to Ireland because of the like you know, maybe at Mavericks or Total Santos, there's a like hundred guys on the water. There's all this testosterone. Here, it's like you know, there's still guys in the water, still testosterone, but it's he just it's all relaxed. It's, it's just a nice, nice place to go surf and hang out, you know. Yeah. And um, they basically cheered me and then just gave me whatever wave I wanted. And like this wave, I got one wave and caught it and didn't get wiped out. And I was like, cool, and went back out and then kind of had a look at another good one. And it is kind of a bit competitive out there. It's hard to get waves out there sometimes. Um, all the all the good spots in Ireland now, it's hard to get waves. But um, you know, in in and that's how surfing is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, then Will was just like, "Hey, this one's this one's shambles. You go shambles, go shambles." Because he's always been super supportive to me out there, and uh, I really respect. He's such a good surfer out there, and he's just on really good manners and stuff. And like you know, he takes waves, but like there's seventy foot waves, and I don't. It's going inside out. I don't want any part of this wave. And he's like, <laughs> "I want it," and that's really inspiring. You know, well, maybe we'll go on the next one. And um, I took I took off my wave, and it was like one of the funnest best paddleways I've ever got a molly um, someone got a clip of it the guy the skis were going nuts everyone was cheering and came in and had such a good feeling you know that's what we do why we get all these really good feelings from doing that like having a day like that Yeah. and then I was driving away and I kind of just had this feeling about pipeline I was like I had this really good feeling suddenly about pipe that it was like I was going to go to pipe and I was like yeah I can surf molly I can surf pipe and um, that was kind of in my mind I didn't have a clue how it was going to happen and then what actually happened was like 10 days beforehand, you know, get this email from Mike Stewart, uh, who's been my sponsor for, for, for a few years, um, you know, which was just really, really cool. He, he would sponsor me um, and I got to know him a little bit. He's just like, basically, are you coming? Like, you know, you, I've, you're on the invitee list. Are you coming? Uh, question mark. And I was like a very short email. Mike's like that. He's a very busy guy, businessman, um, all this kind of stuff with science body words. But, um, sometimes he has these really efficient short emails right to the point and I, it's kind of interesting and so i just wrote him back a really short to the point where i was like yes <laughs> you know and i was like okay like what you know i did like there's no way i didn't have any money didn't have any blah blah blah, blah. and then so i kind of just i was talking to my my other sister Sinead, uh and just she was actually in canada at the time i was just like look you know this is what's happening i've been invited to pipeline like you know i don't think i should go be, like you know how am i going to do it and you know blah blah maybe it's not good idea and then she's saying like you know no great idea like you know you've always want to do this like why don't you just go and do it and i was like oh well maybe i could like do a fundraiser in the local pub across the road or like ask for the businesses here in strand hill because like you're saying it's a connected place yeah every time i got me or alan or any of the the kids around here surfing the species to go to the europeans or the world surfing championships like the Irish surfing team weren't paying for it no there was no sponsors paying for it billabong weren't paying for it, um or well, they might have paid for it a few times, but like uh, whatever, you know, you know. <laughs> I do. Um, but basically, did have a pub fundraiser here. They'd have a whip around the pub. They'd have car wash to do whatever, 
and give you a couple hundred quid to, to go 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 surf and represent your country, which yeah, is really yeah. cool. And uh, I basically just um, got my my really good friend Roy Dowd, who's a really talented musician. My other friend Ke- Kevin Gorman is a really good talented musician. Uh, Ian Borderly, uh, got my parents involved, got the you know my niece helped me out and got the local pub ready for a shambles fundraiser like to go to Hawaii it just happened over a period of days only 10 days to organize like a fundraiser um, each of the, some of the businesses here Shell's Cafe um, the Draft House restaurant and um, Coast Run Hill and, and the seaweed bats here in Shell's they all gave me like 500 quid so I was like whoa that paid for my flights and then you know I had played a bit of music had to played a few bodyboarding movies raised a few quid on, um, online and, and in the pub night and boom I, I've been, got an Airbnb I, I stayed in Garrett McNamara's house right. got a hire car booked a ticket and like uh, I was like sat on a plane going fucking oh Jesus Christ I'm going to Hawaii and it was Amazing. just unreal and like the comp was starting the day we were arriving right and we just, straight we just, in <laughs> straight in I'm thankfully that my friend Dan came with me he just pulled the trigger as well I was like fuck it I'm going to come as well right and uh, which was really cool um, so two of us just rocked up in a rent, tiny rental car to a car park you know he was like you know because Dan well, he'd been there the year before with Shane so he was like the Hawaiian veteran like yeah, you know yeah. he's just like he yeah ropes. be sweet bro he needed ropes just yeah. into the car park we just you know yeah. wind down the sea to sleep here it'd be great yeah. and I was like yeah sweet all these chickens kind of. I was like what the hell are chickens doing in Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah rock down like there's pipeline it's like pumping there's like 100 guys out this is so cool paddling out like I'm not going to get a wave here at all like to these crazy Hawaiian people and uh, it was just so cool these pros were surfing and million bodyboarders out for the contest and then you know caught a wave in basically and then you know an hour or two later I'm like there were like 300 guys <laughs> just like laughing my ass off going this is amazing got through the heat like got like fun, fun waves and um, just absolutely buzzing yeah and then I went through another heat didn't, didn't get through that one which was kind of a real bummer but I remember like yeah, my last wave was, looked like a real could have been the you know the dream yeah yeah like, the buzzer one the buzzer was just a big close out but I remember just throwing my board away feeling the warmth of the water in the closeout and kind of kind of like been really bummed like the last blast of the competition yeah but then kind of the whole larger perspective just like feeling really happy and um, because it was you know very generous that the people in the village gave me some money but also they also had all this stuff to give as well and like even when you know Riley's took a lot of you know from me with that wipeout whatever but like you know it's given me so much good times as well and then people give you so, so many good vibes when, when, the, when the, so you know to receive something is to give yeah as well because you're allowing somebody else to, to, to do to do something for you and um just to be sent there i kind of wasn't didn't go there i was sent there like with the people who i live with and who you know might know a whole lot about bodyboarding but they know i believe in you enough you know and they had a good night and i mean there's so much many better causes cancer drives and yeah, suicide awareness and all this kind of stuff but um you know, I would kind of, I even like jogging out to to my first heat. I said to Mike, I was like, he's like, good luck. And I was like, cheers, Mike. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. And then um, <laughs> he's just basically, I was like, look, I feel like a winner already in, in that, like just being here and just, you know, it's kind of a miracle. And then the really funny thing that happened on that trip was because I got a chance to give back. You know, I by you know, I got a really big chance to give back, and that wouldn't have happened if I, you know, without this fundraiser and without all these things happening, uh, people generously donating money, and basically. The day, out, the day the contest finished, um, everyone rushed out to, it was pumping, pipe was pumping, it was a lovely evening. Um, and I was kind of hanging out, just I kind of went over just to chat to Mike a little bit, chat about the conditions, and you know, I was like, hey, look, do you need a hand, to, you know, clean up, finishing the competition, and I was just kind of hanging around, and he just said, oh, this, this is Melinda, by the way, and I was like, oh, hello, how's things, didn't really think twice, and he's like, oh, this is Melinda Mori, and I was like, oh, right, God, you know, he's like, Tom Mori's daughter, I was like, really, like, that's amazing, like, 
Tom Moore, he's the kind of uh, person who invented bodyboarding in 1971. And, you know, if you're a bodyboarder, you'd read about him and all this kind of stuff. And I even asked Michael, and I was like, oh, how's Tom Moore going on? I'd love to meet him. And I'll talk to his daughter briefly, you know. Brilliant. And talk to Mike, went out surfing, it was great crack. And then that was kind of cool. And the whole, you know, we left Hawaii and it was just, a, I really enjoyed learning about all the ancient Hawaiian sailors and all the all the history of Hawaii. Ah, the history's fascinating. Really isn't it? fascinating. Yeah. I did in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific, yeah. you know. So it's, it's, it's you know, the Tahitians and the yeah. whole Polynesian culture. It's yeah. just amazing. It's, it's you know? mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just the, the whole going there and back, and yeah. But then when I got home, I got an email um, a couple of weeks later from Mike, and he was just like, "Oh, you know, I saw you did like um, an online fundraiser on this thing you caring, which was like a you know one of these platforms, like you know, funded kind of a, a website." Yeah. And I basically, um, he's like, "Oh, yeah, I saw you that, you know, how did you do that? And thought thought it worked well for you. You got got over to Hawaii. And I'm thinking about doing something similar for Tom Moria. I was like, "All right," and. With his daughter, I've been chatting to Melinda, and uh, basically he's not well. Like he's he's got coma. He he lost his sight. Right. You know he actually doesn't have any money because like he was an inventor and he made this tremendous contribution to the world as a jazz musician and as an inventor. He wasn't like a, a really clever businessman because uh, he was a very spiritual person. He, he's part of the Baha faith and he's like quite into like whatever all these different really really interesting things. Uh, not necessarily like massive capitalist greed <laughs> person or whatever, but. Um, basically then he didn't have any money and he, he wasn't quite well so Mike was kind of a bit stressed and a bit worried about this and really really coolly reached out to me and yeah. I suppose that was from because I had the fundraiser and because I broke my leg and yeah yeah so I was another like circle, oh, another circle yeah completed. and I was like, like well, whatever I can do and then so me and Melinda and Mike started chatting for the next couple of months and then on World Bodyboard Day in 2017 um, we um, announced the Tom Ori Friends of Tom Ori campaign and we got this YouTube uh, caring um Site website going uh, because I, I, I run a business here in Strand Hill and I, I you know a lot of people in Strand Hill like Eve Porter she's a digital media expert and there's lo- lots of people who are into tech and startups so this is kind of exciting thing to do as well yeah. and it's really interesting how global economy is changing how global charity and you know how technology is um, making the world a kind of more hip place to live you know and you can just do things quicker and faster and better and you can do this kind of thing you can yeah. help you can help somebody we can do podcasts we can sit we can look at the beach you know we can you know and people like to complain a lot about technology but um you know, there, there's some real benefits, and this was one of them. And I, I, you know, did a little bit of a contribution, helped them. They were busy people, and suddenly um, we're doing this campaign for Tom Mori, and we actually raised like nearly a hundred thousand wow. dollars to date. And it's still going. We actually had to change back to fund it because fund it bought you caring. So we're still going. We want to try and risk, like you know, hundred grand. Sounds amazing. It is amazing. It's actually a miracle, really. Like yeah, it's brilliant. But, uh, it's only ten thousand a year if Tom White lives under ten years. Yeah. And he's got you know rent to pay and medical bills. So we want to try and raise a little bit more before uh, World Body War Day next year. Uh, and like if you think about his contributions to surfing are like well, enormous. I don't I know if you've read, read too much about his life. No, I, I don't. But I just I think it's great because yeah. that's one of the things that these sports can be shit at, like looking after. Yeah, those well, people. music's the same. You know, you're a you musician. Know. You, you know, it's it's but like you know, it's whatever. You know, but people have a power to change that. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean? so, so that's that's I mean, what a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I mean, it just blew me away because like it just felt so good to be able to uh, you know I didn't give him a hundred thousand. There was people, other people. Um, you know, my sport, I donated my time and um, I'm still actually going to probably give a bit of a shout out for people to, to go and if they're interested to please go and like just at least find out about Tom Murray's life and his contributions to surfing in yeah, general. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put some links up so people yeah, can check out. Yeah, and his, he created the bodyboard but he also like invented loads of other stuff, you know, downrail surfboards and all that, like he really, really 
he was a 50s, 60s longboarder. He sponsored Mickey Dora for a while. Wow. You know, Fair um, enough. he created he just, yeah, <laughs> he was a really, really inventive person. He, he was dreaming about wave pools in the 1980s. Right. You know, visionary. Way, yeah, inventor. He worked for aerospace. He worked for, like, um, what do you call that company? It's um, Bo- uh, not Boeing. They make the kind of Boeing or something like that. Right. Boeing Aerospace or uh, Lockheed Martin or some of those guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, in the 50s, and like, he majored in maths and music in, in the University of California. Right. He's a really interesting character anyways. And, um, you know, it would be really cool for someone who plays so much faith in the universe yeah. to see it repaid. And, like, and you couldn't have predicted in the 1980s to be funding platforms and people on podcasts you can just make shout outs to people just to make someone's life you know make no, a change like and you say there's a lot of positives about yeah and like other people are donating five dollars or some hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or you know Kelly Slater would have probably helped out there somewhere you know all these random people that um, have he's affected their lives but um, it, it all works together and the comments that people put yeah like you know I'm from middle nowhere in America Tom Moore changed my life I love Tom Moore I'm from Middle Nord in Japan. Tom, yeah. I love Tom Ori. He's changed my life. You know, and these are people of all generations because the bodyboard is now 40 years old. So, yeah. you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 year old people, you know, we're all bodyboarders. We are on an hour and 15. That's gone pretty quick, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, you can uh, edit all, all, all the crap. Anyways, ah, man. No, I'm not going to edit any of that. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's, it's been brilliant. Well, thanks for telling me your story, man. Uh, what yeah, I want to do, it. thanks for What, what, what I want to do, though, is get you to play as a song. Oh yeah, well I'm not much of a songster, but I can. No, uh, we'll, stuff we'll do that. So we'll do. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll finish it with that. I reckon. Are you up for it? Uh, if you really want it, man, I'll warn you first. Nah, <laughs> It'll be a bit get the banjo out. Um, but yeah, shambles. Thank you, man. No worries, man. Well, look, it was really good to see you back in Strandhill, and great that you bought the legend own toes. Yeah, with yeah. You and um, we'll wear it for a couple of days. We'll have a surf yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, right? yeah. Pump in the morning. Hopefully, it's got a bit dark now, so we'll yeah. Seconds are thin, but anyways. Well, well, we'll be off to the pub, no doubt, won't we? I've got the, you know. Another decision to make. Do I drink Guinness in Ireland? Yeah, a very difficult decision to make. I would say don't do it, man. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking. <laughs> Leave more for me. But also, a really good <laughs> talk today. I really enjoyed your presentation for our Strand Hill Moments campaign. Thank you. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. Legend. Cheers, man. I hate those things. Yeah, I wish I needed a tune better, though. Yeah, happy? Yeah. So what are you going to play? Uh, I'm going to play two Irish jigs um, composed by a guy named Sean Ryan. Uh, really, really cool fiddle player. Wrote a lot of cool Irish tunes there. Recently. Awesome. <laughs> I say it, man. Okay, cool.
So how great was that, eh? That was my conversation with Shambles. I think you'll agree that was really fascinating and inspiring. I do need to say a huge thank you to everybody in Strand Hill who made us so welcome during our visit. Aoife Porter, Shambles, Jesse, Barry, Killian, Alan, the list goes on. Really felt privileged to be welcomed so wholeheartedly into your community. So huge thanks to you all. I'm already looking forward to coming back. So yeah, if you want to find out some more about the Irish history we talked about, whether it was Yates in Sligo, bodyboarding, Irish Neolithic history, hit those show notes over at www.wearelookingsideways.com to find out more because there's a lot in there on this one, as you might imagine. So while I was in Sligo, I also recorded a quick bonus episode with a mate of mine, Noah Lane, an Aussie surfer who lives in Bundoran and he's been making quite a name for himself surfing the hefty waves found over there in in the last few years. Now, I'll be releasing this one to coincide with the London Surf Film Festival where Noah's got a film premiering. It's a really fascinating insight into the psychology of surfing big, scary waves, this one. And uh, yeah, me and Noah just banged it out, so I'm going to do it as a bonus. If you want to hear that one, you need to subscribe to me on iTunes. I'm also going to be putting a gallery of the beautiful images that Owen Tozer took of Noah on Instagram, so you can find me on We Look Sideways if you want to check those out while you listen to the episode. Something that I did... Last year, when I was with Hayden Cox, which went down really well, so I thought I'd uh, I'd rejig that one. Anyway, housekeeping corner. Firstly, what a response to the Shanley episode. Now, I had a feeling people would enjoy Sean's take on life, and I've been so gratified by how many people have been in touch about this episode. Now, obviously, I've been lucky enough to speak to some true legends of the action sports world over the months I've been doing this, but some of the best and most popular episodes have been those with people you probably haven't really heard of and this was certainly a case in point but I knew it wouldn't matter because I knew Sean just has uh, such a brilliant perspective that people always warm to and sure enough people absolutely love this episode and they loved her insights into life marriage and, and a whole lot more so yeah big up to you Sean thanks again for coming on and big thanks to everybody who got in touch with me about this episode elsewhere in housekeeping corner Things have moved on a little bit in the conversations with Patagonia and Red Bull. Re-sponsorship. And we're currently chatting about what formats are going to work best for our collaborations. Big thanks to everybody who sent in their views about that. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I usually hold ongoing conversations on there in which we discuss these issues. So yeah, head on over to We Look Sinos to have a listen and contribute there. Uh, Yeah, like I said, I've got a pretty big backlog now. I've been busy with work, I've been doing a lot of travelling, I've been ticking them off. So yeah, I'm going to try and bang a few of these out. There have been, a, you know, I've, I've been a bit slack in the last couple of months. I've only really put out about three of these, but hopefully they'll start coming a lot faster. And I've also got some really great guests coming up that I think everybody's going to enjoy. So yeah, nice one for sticking with it. Hope you can uh, get around the cold and hope for the next one. It's gone, but in the meantime, thanks for listening and I'll catch you later. Nice one. 